Well, thank you, Tamara and music team and everyone making worship possible this morning. Today is Mother's Day, and we are looking at life lessons learned from mothers in the Bible, and we are indeed honoring our mothers, even as that commandment says. We're also in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and this is the beginning of the book of wisdom, and listen to these words. Listen, my child, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Well, as I said, we are looking at mothers today and honoring them. Uh, I talked to my mom last night because I knew it'd be early and text her this morning. But uh, to get started with something a little bit humorous, I saw this on uh, things only a mom can teach. And uh, first of all, as my mother taught me about anticipation, just wait till your father gets home. Anyone else? <laughs> My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mother taught me about logic, because I said so, and that's why. <laughs> about medical science, if you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. <laughs> My mom taught me about humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running home to me. <laughs> Uh, my mom taught me about becoming an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. Anyone heard that? Uh, my mother taught me about roots. Man, these ring uh, home to me. Do you think you were born in a barn? <laughs> and uh, my mom taught me about wisdom of age. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. And then um, my mom taught me about justice. One day when you have kids, I hope they all turn out just like you. Man, does that ring in your ears, right? And uh, uh, my mom taught me about stamina. You're gonna sit there until you finish that spinach. And then finally, my mom taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day. You know, uh, if you're like me, my mother had such an impact on my life and still does to this day, Faith. Uh, when she's struggling, it really breaks my heart. And when I am struggling, she's the person I turn to for prayer. And she prays every Sunday for this service and for all of you as well. And sometimes when we're thinking about people of faith in the Bible, I think maybe women get shortchanged. And so they also have tremendous lessons for us. And so this morning, I want to look at some life lessons from four great women in the Bible and remind you about their stories of faith and what they have to teach us. And the first is mother uh, is Moses' mother. How many people know the name of Moses' mother? One. Okay. So we're going to do that again in Veeam. Yes. It's Jochebed. So go ahead and say it. It's, it's Jochebed. There we go. It's just she's only mentioned a couple times, but her impact is profound on Moses and others. And in case you haven't remembered the story back in Exodus 2 and then again in Exodus 6, uh, when it talks a little bit more about her, the story goes that uh, when the children of Israel were enslaved for 400 years in Egypt, at one point they became a threat. And so Pharaoh put out an edict that anyone two years, any uh, child two years and younger should be put to death, particularly boys. And so Jochebed, you can only imagine she had this baby, named him Moses, and um, she was so fearful. And she worried, and so you can only imagine, it wasn't just a threat to the baby, but also to the whole family, because if you were found disobeying Pharaoh, then your whole family could be killed. And so at one point, 
when Moses was a little bit older, you know, less than two still, that she decided what she'd do is to fashion a basket out of bulrushes and put oil, pitch uh, around it to waterproof it and then uh, just push it out into the Nile River. And then she went and she prayed. And she had her daughter, Moses' sister, Miriam, who was a little older than Moses, to watch and to wait. And wow, what a, what a moment. You can only imagine how she must have prayed for God to work a miracle. And God did work a miracle. Amazingly enough, Pharaoh's daughter was nearby and heard the baby crying. And so uh, she had someone uh, fetch the basket with the baby out of the river. And then she was enamored with this young baby. And, and Miriam, with kind of foresight and fortitude like her mother, um, went to Pharaoh's daughter and said, would you like me to find a Hebrew nursemaid? And she says, sure. And so she gets Moses' mother, who then Moses, unbeknownst to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter, raised him in Pharaoh's house. Can you imagine every day the kind of fortitude that she had raising her child to be an Israelite and the faith in Almighty God in the shadow of Pharaoh? And so he would always struggle between this power and privilege that he had, but also to know what it was like to have a heart for those who were oppressed and to know that he had a special calling in God. And I'm going to just pause for a moment and just ask you this morning, maybe you've been like Jacobet, maybe you don't have a Moses, but maybe there's something that's just too big for you and you need to put it in a basket and just pray. Because I think that's a tremendous lesson in life. And sometimes you just do your best and then you got to give God the rest. And that's what she did and God came through. And she didn't just leave the baby there, she had Moses' older sister Miriam watched, but she wouldn't pray. We can only imagine how she prayed. And of course, one of the least on the flower of um, Mother's Day faith there, but, but she did have the faith to just put the baby in the basket and to trust God. What are you facing today that you just need to say, you know what, this is, this is bigger than me. I'm gonna put the baby in the basket. I'm gonna put whatever it is that's too big for me. I'm gonna put it in the basket and trust God. Learn the lesson of Jacobet. And then there's the lesson of Sarah, right? You know Sarah. Abraham and Sarah, anytime, almost anytime that Abraham is mentioned, Sarah is mentioned as well. We did a series in the summer, a couple summers ago, about Abraham and Sarah and the journey of faith. And, and they're really the mother and father of faith for all of us in an incredible way. Tremendous lessons. And so we learn about the walk of faith from Sarah. And I think from all of these women, but I think that we learned something else from Sarah. And she had many great qualities in addition to putting up with Abraham, you know, because we know Abraham was not perfect, right? So, uh, but I, I think one of the things as I'm, as I'm thinking about Sarah is her sense of humor, right? And you recall that she and Abraham have been promised a baby forever, I mean, right? And Sarah is pushing 90. And it's just like, okay, it's going to happen just around the bend. It's just around the bend. When is God's promise going to come true? She's basically given up. Then one day, Abraham sees these three strangers coming. And uh, he offers them hospitality. And Sarah makes a meal for these three strangers. And then afterwards, maybe she's doing dishes or something. I don't know. But she's listening on the other side of the tent wall. And she hears these strangers say that next year this time, that Abraham's wife, which is Sarah, will have a baby. And what does Sarah do? She laughs. <laughs> she laughs. She laughs at God. I mean, come on. 
Get real with it. Have you ever laughed at God? Promise you're like, man, there's just no way. That's, you know, I've heard that before. I'm not going to believe it. And, uh, and, and God whispers to Abraham, Sarah laughed. And, and then so Abraham says to Sarah, you laughed. She said, no, sort of, maybe, you know, right? And, uh, and then the promise comes again. Next time these strangers come around, that they will have a child and you will name him Isaac, which means laughter, which only goes to prove that God laughed with Sarah. Now, first, Sarah did laugh kind of at God, kind of at the promise, but then it says later on, if you take a look at it in Genesis 18, that she laughed with God. And she says, all women will call me blessed because of this moment. Isn't that powerful? You know, sometimes when you're up against all of it, you just have to laugh. You have to have your sense of humor. How many besides me, their moms have a gift of laughter, sense of humor? It doesn't mean it's just a big, you know, brouhaha, but, you know, sometimes you just got to put your hands up and go like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to just laugh at this because this is just too crazy. The promise is too crazy. Uh, the kids are driving me crazy, but I am blessed by God. And you can just, I, I just challenge you to whisper a prayer and thank Sarah as well as your mom. My mom's, I mean, sometimes it happened too when we were being disciplined. I, I remember when we were getting bigger, we was back in the day with physical discipline. <laughs> there was one point where we had just all started busting out laughing and my mom, she tried to keep it together and then finally we all started laughing. And she goes, okay, guys, don't do that anymore. <laughs> and it was just like, and we still laugh about it to this day. And we, other times it was just so serious, we just started busting out laughing. And it was such a gift because laughter is a gift. You know, and, and that's why God said, name this baby, which is completely impossible, Isaac, which means laughter. So know the gift of, of laughter. And all those years, maybe Sarah had been learning this sort of dry sense of humor, and then it just spilled over. But it's okay. It's okay to just sort of laugh sometimes at the promises of God, because you're going to end up laughing with God. Just wait and see. So Sarah gives us the gift of laughter, and she is the mother of mothers. I mean, she's the mother of our faith, right? So those are two women from the Hebrew Scriptures, from Old Testament times. And I want to bring up two from the New Testament, which I think is so important. And the first one is Eunice. How many people know who Eunice is? Yep, I got one. Okay, Eunice is Timothy's mother, okay? And his grandmother is Lois. Eunice and Lotus. And Timothy, of course, was the young man that Paul had mentored in the faith and became really Paul's, uh, the pastor to all the churches that Paul was a pastor to, right? And uh, Paul just poured his faith into this young man and he became strong and true. And despite all that Paul had taught this young man, this is how Paul starts out, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Paul is writing from prison. He's writing Timothy, one of the last letters, maybe the last letter that he ever wrote. And who does Paul credit Timothy's faith with? Lois and Eunice. So he says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. Paul says, hey, Eunice, Lois, they're there for you. And I know well, I got a lot of grandmothers out there kind of doing a lot of raising kids too. And so mothers, grandmothers, wow. 
so many of us owe so much of our faith and our life to you. And in this moment in Scripture, Paul looks at Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy and sort of looks across the distance from where he is in prison. He's awaiting his, uh, what will be his trial and his testimony of faith, which will eventually have him executed. And he's imbuing his ministry to Timothy, but he says, do not forget that you owe a debt of faith to your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois. They are pillars of faith and they first lit the faith in your life. And then he says to go and to, to blow that into a stronger faith. When you're dwindling, when the winds of time and the waters are kind of beating you and the storms are taking you down, whatever it is, light that candle. You know, make sure that it, the, your candle is, is burning strong and is glowing bright in the night. Today, I don't know where you are. Uh, in your faith. And sometimes, you know, our mothers have passed on to be an eternal glory. But you know, they're, they're looking down on you right now. And uh, I think Paul and I think Lois and Eunice would say what Paul said, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands and that God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. God can get you through the storm. And so what a, a debt Timothy had and what a debt most of us had. And so there's Jochebed, the mother of Moses. There's Sarah, who along with Abraham became the family of faith that the Jewish people and the Christian folks come from. And then we think of Eunice and Lois, mother and grandmother to Timothy. And then finally, I want to think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And you know, sometimes Mary gets shortchanged. Or when we think about Mary, we think about the Christmas story, right? Because, of course, we have to think about Mary for the Christmas story. She bore Jesus and in adverse circumstances, in a, in a manger, stable, uh, in the, probably the cool night of Bethlehem in the midwinter. And, wow, uh, just the journey there had to be hard and she had to endure. But Mary also raised Jesus into the faith. Most scholars believe that, that Joseph probably passed away before Jesus began his earthly ministry. It would be not uncommon for uh, man and wife to be, you know, 10 or 20 years separate in age. We know Mary was young. Joseph was probably older. Joseph isn't mentioned after Jesus' sort of uh, teen years. And so uh, we think Joseph passed away. And so Mary was there. And Mary was supporting Jesus. And I think what is, uh, was profound also is that John lets us know in John chapter 19, we've been looking at John this year, we're almost done, we're gonna finish it up, uh, sort of the beginning of June in the day of Pentecost. But in John chapter 19, John the disciple is at the foot of the cross. And we don't know that any other disciple was at the foot of the cross. They may have been at a distance, but John says he was at the foot of the cross and who was next to John? Mary. And Jesus looks down from the cross and says, to John, behold your mother, and to Mary, behold your son. And what a powerful moment. First of all, that Jesus cared about his mother, and so should you, okay? But he cared about John, and some people look at John, of course, John always refers to himself as the beloved, right? And, uh, and, and some people say, well, that's because John was sort of, uh, you know, full of himself. I don't think so. I think the reason John refers to himself as the beloved is because we're all beloved. And John wants you to put yourself a little bit in his feet, to know that you are there. You're the beloved too at the foot of the cross. And if you feel bereft and you're in a storm, then maybe, maybe you feel like, well, um, I don't really have a mother. Well, you know, Mary's there. 
You know, I know the Catholics do more of that than we do, but maybe we shortchange Mary and say, hey, you know, the mother of Jesus is there beside us. We need to honor her. But I think there's something here that's a lesson also because Mary couldn't change the cross. I know Mary wanted to change the cross. But here's what Mary did that was a gift. She was present. She was present. And I'll tell you what a gift that was. You know she was praying. She was there. And many times mothers are next to a, a sick child or sometimes even a child at the doorstep of attorney. And their gift is to be there. And what a gift that is. What a difference that had to make to Jesus to know that his mother was there. She was praying for him. She wished she could take it away, but she couldn't. And sometimes you and I do have a cross to bear, but our mothers are there. And for you mothers that are out there where sometimes your kids are going through stuff and you feel, man, I don't have the answer. None of us have to have the, all the answers. Mary didn't have the answer, but she knew in her heart that Jesus was the answer. Mary was there. She was present. Being present is a gift. Praying and being present is a gift. And today, I want you to think about the gift that maybe your mother has given to you, being present with you. And sometimes we can't be there, you know, in physical presence. And sometimes mothers are there with the phone call, FaceTime, whatever that is. But boy, I tell you, if you're in the hospital and your mom's there, it's like, wow, that is such a gift. And for you moms that have been there, you know, when your kids are going through challenges and difficulties at school or, uh, you know, on the bus, <laughs> more of a trial sometimes, um, or just through the vicissitudes of life, you know, relationship issues, and you're just there, you know, or you just say, hey, let's go out for breakfast. Let's go out for lunch. Let's just be here and let's just be together. I want you to know that's a gift. That was one of the greatest gifts that anyone gave Jesus because the disciples had fled except for John, but Mary was strong in the faith. Mary was present. Well, I know that you're celebrating your mom today, and uh, I'm so thankful for the gifts that my mom has given me. She's given me all of these gifts and more, these women. But I want you to celebrate these women of the Bible and the lessons that I teach, that they teach all of us. Jacobin, Moses' mother, the faith to do your best and give God the, the rest, to put whatever it is in the basket and just pray. We think about Sarah on the journey of faith, but the gift of laughter. Man, if you're going through life, you've got to discover the gift of laughter and know that God is laughing on the other side of eternity, and God has some surprises that are answers to your laughter. And then think of Eunice, that she instilled faith in Timothy, and we need to instill faith in our kids. And then finally, a gift of Mary to be present through the ups and downs, the joys and challenges. It is a gift. We join me in prayer. Lord, on this Mother's Day, we think about these great women of faith, these great mothers, and the gifts that they gave these great folks in the Bible with the gifts that they give us in life right now, here and now. Help us. Um, to treasure our mothers, to celebrate them. And for mothers, we pray these women would be in their heart to help guiding them in the way. We pray in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.